Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. And welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I'm your host this week, Karen Randazzo. And with me, as always, is potential future spouse, Chris Randazzo. Voldemort's under where? Bashir with a good beard, Evan Goldstein. Nine, nine. And Voldemort under her headscarf, Angie Furnot. You should wash your hair if you want to be heard. This is episode 235 for the week of August 5th, 2021. Tonight, we'll be discussing We Are Lady Parts, season one, episode one, entitled Play Something. But before we get to that, here's your weekly reminder that you can, you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com. Tell us how your summer's going. Tell us about your favorite TikToker. Tell us who is the best Avenger and why is it Captain America? And while you're at it, you might as well mention something about TV. Some of the people around here care about that, too. We always want to hear from you, the listener. So, uh, how you guys doing? Uh. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, I mean, probably food. different causes, but well, yes. that kind of week. I just want to apologize to our listeners. That, uh, <laughs> no, listener, uh, you had it right. <laughs> That, I just uh, want to apologize to Ferg. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Ferg. I just want to say I'm sorry to everyone for everything, but also sorry we were gone forever. It's been, it's been a minute. Uh, it's been a really busy uh, July, so that month is gone now and didn't doesn't exist anymore. It didn't happen. So here we are. It's August. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Yay. Yes, lots of things happened in July, and. Uh, we all apologize to our audience for skipping that episode in the middle of the month. Just wasn't going to happen. That was my birthday. And I said, no, I don't want to. I want to do and nothing. And now it's your woman's birthday. And, and she, she said, yes, I do want to. And so we know which one of you cares about the show. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Damn. Oh, uh, I do want to clarify, though. The, if I sound like I'm not happy to be here, that's not the case. I'm just dying on the inside. I'm screaming internally. Mostly joy, but there's so much discomfort right now that it's it's hard to express it because I've eaten so much food today because that's what you do when it's your birthday, and I'm not sorry. It's odd because, like, you got your 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 edible arrangement. I made you a ridiculous dinner. My brother gave you a, 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 a Grubhub gift card. My mother gave you a Grubhub <laughs> gift card. Like, people are forcing food into our lives. <laughs> like, guys, we're getting married. This is not the time to feed me. But also, thank you, because I never say no to food. This is the best gift ever. <laughs> the edible arrangement was nice. Oh, my God. Well, just wait until you you see what you're getting for your wedding, then. Wait, What? Just a truckload of bacon. It's bacon. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, there was bacon at dinner tonight. Guys, I can't even tell you. It was like melt in your mouth, crispy bacon. It was so good. And the second I bit into it, I was like, 
I could die right now and it would be okay. It was, it was, I didn't, I forgot how much I love bacon. I haven't had it in a while. I went out and I got the, 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 um, syrup covered bacon. Oh, is that what it was? So good. Yeah. Oh, you beautiful bastard. Syrup bacon. Anywho. All right. That's enough food porn. How (laughs) about uh, TV? You guys watch any TV in the last month? Yeah, Yeah. we did. Guess what we finished tonight? I do not know. The bacon? Oh, all of that. it. Other than that, we watched. We watched the last episode of Sweet Tooth tonight. Yay! Yeah, we finished it. It's so good. I need to go read the comic like right now. It's really like I can't wait for the next season to find out what happens. I literally cannot do that. <laughs> so we enjoyed the hell out of that. We like powered through like five episodes in one day almost. Yeah, and then we like oh. It's only eight, so we gotta space this out because it's not coming back for a while. Yeah. So it was really, really well done. Did you guys like it? Yes. Heck we yeah. Did. Absolutely loved it. Loved the loved the bejesus out of it. Thought it was phenomenal. Still not reading the comic though. <laughs> Why is that? He doesn't like the art, uh, remember? Yeah, I do not like the art for that comic book at all. And uh I really enjoyed the show, and I'd love to see what happens next, but also, I don't want to get in a position where, like, the show diverges from the comic in any way that makes me dislike it, so, uh, yeah, I don't want to suffer through the art to to enjoy the rest of the story. I'll just wait for it to come back on TV. That's fair. I, I thought you might be at the point, like, where I am, where I can, like, kind of ignore it and be like, no, 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 it's worth it. Um... But I can also respect that viewpoint because we all know what happened with lock and key. So, you know, yeah, yeah, for me, but I'm, it was was quite excellent, but it was really different from the store source material. It wasn't excellent, Chris. Oh my God. (sighs) Anyway, I will say, uh, I'm looking forward to also like maybe seeing the differences in this case, just to see, because I think that the storytelling in the show is so well done that, uh, I might be okay with the differences in the comic. I don't know. I think that this will be an interesting experiment to see what happens if I start with the show and then go to the comic because with Umbrella Academy, that's kind of what I did. Like I had read through part of the comic, didn't really remember it, then watched the show and then went back and looked at the comic and I was like, mm, no, nah, show's better. So yeah, I had the same experience with the Umbrella Academy comic where I was just like, mm, I don't like this. This is not <laughs> what I want. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. Watching more British Baking Show. Um, crap. You guys catch any Olympics? No. So we don't have live TV in the, ho- in the house and mm-hmm. to actively hunt down and, and get the app or whatnot for the the olympics every time we're someplace and there is olympics coverage on i am shocked to go that's an olympic sport now like golf golf is an olympic sport now and skateboarding like skateboarding is yes like it's not what i remember it and it wasn't entertain the what i've seen wasn't entertaining to me so i I haven't hunted oh man i tried watching some of the skateboarding it was boring as heck i I, I, like (laughs) Like, how'd you make skateboarding boring they like I the clip is gonna be fun. The clips were Give me not the even discus for crying out loud. That's fun. 
Let me see some burly men throw hammers or mm-hmm. people high-diving and somehow contorting themselves and making tiny little splashes. How is skateboarding the most boring thing out of all this stuff? No, no, it's not the most boring thing. That would have to be the equestrian that we watched. Me and the kids watched a few minutes of equestrian thinking, oh, it's going to be horses. They're going to like do the thing where they jump over hurdles and stuff. But it was just like this dude on a horse... And he started in one quarter of this little square field, and he started walking across the field, and the horse took a giant dump, and I'm like, okay, all right. That was uh, the most interesting thing that happened. And me and the kids laughed. We had a good good chuckle at it, and then we started watching it, and like, the guy's just you know trotting with the horse, walking around in a square, and and we're like, okay, uh, I guess he's still warming up, and then the announcers start talking about like what a great job he's doing, and then the horse started walking sideways, and they're like, oh. This is magnificent. Oh, and the scores. Look at the points he's getting. The technical scores. And me and the kids are looking at each other like, the horse is walking. What is going on? How is this a sport? What is happening? And the the announcers aren't explaining anything. They're just like, oh, this is magnificent. Just just the majesty of all this. And we're just completely gobsmacked by the whole thing. So then we turned off and watched uh, watched some, uh, some target shooting. That was fun. Although it was one morning, the kids asked, uh, we were like, we've been watching it kind of in the mornings and uh, letting the kids pick a, an event. And so one morning we said, what do you want to watch? And Ellie said, shooting. <laughs> oh, said, no. Oh, go. oh, boy. <laughs> no, no, it's better because then we turned it on. Chris found like what air rifle something or other target mm-hmm. shooting. And we turned it on and she immediately ran over to me and like cowered in my arms. And she was like, mommy, why do they have guns? Wait. Oh, <laughs> like, what did How you did think it? shooting was? <laughs> How, wait, <laughs> I'm so confused right now. Like she had the, the wherewithal so to say, I, "I want to see shooting." So that means she should have known what shooting is. And yet, no, <laughs> no, no. Interesting. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> I don't know. She was like, "Are they going to start killing each other or something?" I'm like, "Yeah, we'd let you watch that." <laughs> like the Hunger Games on TV with That's their rivals. That's a different event. That's Olympic murder. I was going to say, just show your kids the purge. It'll be good for them. <laughs> God. Um, I've been enjoying the heck out of the Olympics, honestly. I mean, not like... Uh, I understand why uh, people in Japan are pretty pissed about it, and mm-hmm. I would be too. So, uh, I mean, there is that, but I'm still on the surface level having a good time. Uh I loved all the gymnastic stuff I've been watching. Um, that was that was pretty neat. The whole uh, Simone Biles thing was uh, was fascinating. Um, you know, because like she didn't do great in qualifying either. Like you could just just looking at her when she she did that first vault uh, before uh, before she she bowed out. I was like, something's not right with this girl. Like something's wrong. I I, I figured she was hurt. And then when she bowed out, and then the inner is all like, oh, she's a quitter. Like. Yeah, well, uh, you try doing what she does. I'm not talking about the pressure. I'm talking about, like, if she doesn't wrong... I said this to Dan last night on Stone Age Gamer. If she does it wrong, she's going to liquefy her bones. <laughs> like, she's going to... Running at 65 miles an hour and then flipping through the air 74 times and then landing on her feet. She's going to, like, run into the vault and cut herself in half. Like, if she's not feeling it, let the girl walk off the stage, okay? And then people are all complaining, like, man, she just left her team there with nobody to fill her place. There's people whose literal job it is to take her place if she gets hurt. They're called alternates. alternates. They're standing right there. They're even wearing different outfits so you can tell them apart. Come on. And they got a better score than they would have if she stayed in. They yeah. got the silver medal and the team 
team final. They did. They did pretty darn good. But she was and- the gold, Chris. <laughs> She she and look she's she still wound up coming back and scoring a bronze anyway. Like <laughs> I love how this woman could just kind of stroll up and be like, "Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm just gonna roll up here and get a bronze." Like uh, she's she's a she's amazing, and I love the uh, the that that stupid tennis, tennis guy. guy. Oh, thank God you're the, mentioning this. <laughs> Wait, oh, I don't know anything guy. about any of the Olympics, so you got to tell me about this because I didn't know who Simone was until you started giving context clues. So oh, yeah. yeah, Simone Biles is, like, the best athlete in history. Uh, she's she's amazing. She defies logic. Um, and I get tired just looking at her. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. Okay. But so this this one of the, the tennis guys was all like, yo, this is the Olympics, man. You got you to gotta sack up. You got you to gotta handle the pressure, man. You didn't come out here to be on the stage and be, have to crumble under pressure, man. You got you to gotta be, be stronger than that. It's, it's, a, it's a shame. And then, like, dude lost his bronze medal match, threw his racket into the audience, picked up another racket, broke it, and then threw an epic hissy fit and meltdown on the Olympic stage. <laughs> awesome. How's that pressure working out for you now, jackass? <laughs> Dingus. Was, was he an American? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. Oh, Which is a nice shame, to, but, uh, you know. I was going to say, it's nice to not be he, the only dumb country for once. So. He was a white dude, so. <laughs> uh, that is true. Good old white dudes. Uh, uh, did you finish um, the, the pirate show yet? Black Sails? Yeah. No. Okay. I remember you were, you were close to almost finishing. You were re-watching. We know what happens when I get too close to finishing. And then you just stop. Because you don't want it to be it. But you know that it's over. Like, you've watched it already. That's not the point, honey. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, Billy has Billy has made some choices that I don't approve of. I'm having a hard time coming back from that. God damn it, Billy. <sighs> so, Billy is the same... What, what's his real name? Fuck if I know. Okay, he's so the guy who... Well, sorry, you go. You know, uh, he's the, 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 the big gorilla guy from... Um, Umbrella Luther? Academy. Oh, my God. And in Umbrella Academy, he speaks with a, a, an American accent. And then on Black Sails, he speaks with what appears to be an English accent, sort of. And then I heard his voice, his real voice, and it was neither of those. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the, what the fuck is this? <laughs> He's faking two accents. Awesome. So, yeah. It's called acting. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but he did it. He acted so good, you know? They would give it at least once. Like, I'm watching um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and I'm enjoying the hell out of it. I've never watched it. I'm almost caught up to where Ange is, so we're going to have to start watching it together. But For the record, can I just clarify something? He is British. Like, I just want to put that out there. So it's just the... You know how, like... It's a different... Like, yeah, like David Tennant would... Yeah, like... Yes. You guys get it. Cool. Okay, moving on. Sorry. So I'm watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and Terry Crews is like one of my favorite characters on the show. And his name is Terry. And I think to myself, did they do that because he can't remember another name? And then this poor guy's got to come up with two different accents? Like, that's just good choices, I guess? I don't know. Look, can we just discuss the fact that Evan's watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and I didn't have to break his legs to make it happen? I, That's I, awesome. I, he did it all on his own, guys. I, I just came in one day and I was like, "Why is my phone ringing in another room?" 
It's right next to me. I don't understand. Oh my God, you're watching it. I was never a fan of Andy Samberg on Saturday Night Live. I thought he was ridiculous. And he's not that character on this show. I say he's still ridiculous. He's but ridiculous, but it's a different ridiculous. It's it's quite funny. I, I laugh out loud a number of times per episode. <laughs> you grackle. <laughs> um, what else? We are caught up on evil. Oh damn that show! <laughs> it's about evil and the church. <laughs> and, you, and you have damned it. Yeah, it's so it's <laughs> such a good show. Um, I started watching. The movies that made us that that uh, Netflix miniseries, uh, it was like Die Hard and, and Jesus Home Alone. Like they just go into the backstories of all of these Ghostbusters is one of them, and the, it it's so interesting to see what goes like the the behind the scenes of the behind the scenes. Like it's really really in depth kind of stuff, and it's 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 a lot of fun. I, I enjoy the hell out of that. Um. Anything else? Oh, and Chris, we can talk now about Masters of the Universe. Okay. Uh, how much have you watched? All of it. Well, the first okay. half, because it's only the first. Yeah, season. it's only half the season. Half I'm the season. I'm only two episodes in. Okay. Uh, it's been a it's been a hell of a week and yeah. and change. Uh, so yeah. I haven't had a ton of time, but I did. I really wanted to try and catch at least one episode of that Jellystone cartoon that we were talking about in our um our Discord chat, but I didn't get around to doing it. Um, I'm gonna try to at least watch an episode or two before our next uh, our next episode but uh so everyone hates master of the universe right like yes i mean they just well, hate actually, this you show know, the, the the vocal minority which is those jackasses on the internet they hate it everybody logical just like it's it's good it's it's a fine show like nobody in I, my feed is saying how horrible it is and then if they do, yeah. I throw up the He-Man Woman Haters Club and say, grow the fuck up. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, one of my closest friends, uh, Mike, he hates, um, just absolutely hate, hated it. Uh, and I was I was like, all right, well, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it because I'm very interested in it. So I watched the first episode and I was like, dude, I don't get it. Um, it seemed pretty He-Man centric to me, but then, you know, he he died, and so did Skeletor. But uh, Mike, are I mean, you listening? You TV fucking before. suck. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I, I, I've seen TV before. I didn't see a body. Pretty sure they're going to come back. Uh, pretty sure they didn't get Mark Hamill to do Skeletor for an episode. Yeah. So uh, you know, I, I don't see what the problem is. But all right, I'll keep watching. He's like, no, it's like I. It was billed as a TV show about He Man, and it's not about He Man. It's about Tila. And I'm like, all right. When was it billed as a TV show about He-Man? <laughs> like I, I don't, I haven't been following the coverage. So, I don't remember it being promoted as specifically. This is a show about He-Man. What it was I do know that it was very. He was prominent in the um, the marketing and stuff of the trailers and whatnot. They used a lot of footage from the first episode, uh, like it was going to be a He-Man show. So I can understand being slightly upset at the whole bait and switch thing. Like, yeah, he's not. Now, granted, I'm only two episodes in. Mm -hmm. But even after he's dead, the show's still about him. Yes, like, very much so. It seems, it seems to be being told with, like, Tila is kind of like the character that we're seeing the show through, but it's about He-Man. It's about what, what happens to the world after He-Man's gone. Like, 
he's still the focal point of the story. Everyone's trying to get over the loss of He-Man and Skeletor. Um, yes. Uh, I mean, I, I dug the second episode, too. Uh them you know so there's a very i can't not hear sarah michelle geller like <laughs> yeah. she's she's well, not and, and i don't care what she's doing i recognize her voice as her voice <laughs> so solidly so it's really weirding me out but yes um so here's he, he, all right it was billed as a continuation of he-man and the masters of the universe kevin smith went and said that repeatedly because it is now the show it is yeah this show is called Masters of the Universe. Not mm-hmm. He-Man. There's, mm-hmm. He-Man is not in the title anywhere. Okay, so it's Masters of the Universe. Masters of the Universe, through the lores, multiple different characters from the past, and He-Man was a master of the universe. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, the other characters are living in a world without magic now, and they're, that's, what the, the, that's what they're dealing with. Okay? Yeah. So it's not the Tila show. It's a show that Tila's in. And every episode is concentrating primarily on one character storyline per episode. So it's, you know, you get an Orko episode or such. You know, you get backstory about Evil Lynn and Men at Arms and like every everybody. It's gets almost the like shine. they're they're tackling an entire universe of characters. Oh and then my halfway god! Through it, He-Man and Skeletor are going to come back, and then we're going to have to deal with what it's like when they've been gone for a while, and now we have uh, He-Man and Skeletor back. That's my guess. I don't imagine he's going to be gone for the entire back half of the season. Uh, I and I don't want to minimize the like. Obviously, like they made Tila like they made Tila an angry, somewhat butch lesbian, and I understand that there are people out there who take great offense to that. I thought it was fine. I have no no problem with it. Who's to say that she wasn't an angry lesbian the entire time? But she, I, I, that, that is, that is a very easy thing to point out and say like, okay, I understand you wanted your big beefy burly guy and you got a really cool, uh, uh, really cool gay woman out of the deal. And I understand that that's, that's really got to ruffle your feathers and I'm sorry to hear that, but that's easy for me to dismiss. It's Mike's one of my closest friends and I, I respect his opinion about it. What, what specifically about the show made it bad? The fact that, that, he-Man wasn't front and center, and that's it? That's what he said. He said, I was promised a He-Man show, and I got the Tila show. Okay. So, so he did not watch the whole season? He did. Okay. I don't know, so man. I haven't watch watched the, the rest of it, so I can't so. comment on the rest of it. Uh, I have seen a lot of angry people out there uh, just just absolutely ripping this show to shreds. And I don't... It remind, It's reminding me ever so slightly of the um, uh, the kingdom of the crystal skull problem that was out there like have you not seen indiana jones movies before <laughs> like granted this was not the best indie it wasn't the best indiana jones movie ever made but it was still an indiana jones movie like all this stuff you're complaining about was not more that much more uh, over the top than things we've seen in in other movies uh and this show is very masters of the universe like yeah the 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 overall quality is definitely significantly improved over the original mm-hmm. but it's still like it's still kind of written with that that Campiness. sensibility in mind like there's a lot of the dialogue is very like, it is definitely made to be a modern palatable continuation of the original show mm-hmm. which is to say i don't remember the original show all that much i remember the toys 
like I loved the toys and I definitely watched the heck out of that cartoon, but I couldn't tell you a single plot point from that cartoon because I've never even attempted to watch it as an adult. I made that mistake with Voltron or and, and Thundercats. I'm never going to do that again. Yeah. And this I can't is, imagine like, the show this, holds up extraordinarily well. But it doesn't because of of the the archetypes that are there, like the the the, fit, the the way things look in that universe. It's so cartoony and so toy based that it just doesn't hold up now. And what they're doing with the art style is they're modernizing the art style. Still, He-Man still looks like He-Man. But when he's like Adam, he looks more like a regular human being, not like a cartoon human being. And Mm -hmm. all the other characters look great. I mean, Men in Arms is still that squat and built like a brick shithouse. But, like, it's that's Masters of the Universe. That's the way they are. And I'm telling you, every character shows up. Every one of them, like the the robot, like in the first episode, uh, fake fake or fake or I think that was the name. The guy, the 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 metal He Man, like they they squeeze that in in the first episode, and I'm like that is that is someone doing something that cares about the show, not that they're not you know waking it up as everybody is saying. They're just continuing a storyline that you know. You can only recycle so many He-Man stories. Like that's, it's, it's, it's very good. It's a good, well-written show. And I'm, it's yeah, really I mean, upset with I'm humanity. <laughs> I, I, I'm enjoying it, and uh, I'm, uh, I'm into it. Well, I, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep watching it. It's, you know, when I get the chance, <laughs> fitting it into my other busy schedule. Yeah, it's, it's worth it. Like if you're liking, so, and that was the thing in the first episode, something happens. Okay, if you can get past that point, the rest of the show makes sense. It is a it's an epic like they're going through something to to get to an the midpoint of this story arc. And yeah, I have every confidence that that Kevin Smith's going to pull this off. I, I, well, Kevin and like all of the well, other people. He, he did. He, he just like he did the first episode. I think he wrote the first episode and then is producing and. and yeah. overseeing the rest of it but i think you guys are way too logical clearly you're not hateful and angry enough well i mean look the main character is a lesbian that's a major problem because it's <laughs> instead of being a giant beefy white dude with you know a bowl cut it's a it's it, it, she's she's a lesbian she has a girlfriend and a black one at that well i mean, I, I have a question the sjw's man they just smeared it all over this one and they ruined they ruined my childhood and yours too you didn't even know it well, how how prevalent was this character in the original, though? Because one of the things that we've talked about on the show before is, like, when they take a character that you have an expectation of them being a certain way, and then they change that character on you. Nobody in this podcast has ever really liked that. So is this... I haven't watched the show. Could this be a case of that? Tila, in the original show, was third in command. Okay, it was He-Man, Man-at-Arms, Tila. Those are the three. They were always those three in every episode doing something. In this show, it's fast-forwarded many, many years, and Men-at-Arms is retiring, and Tila is taking over the Men-at-Arms position, which logically makes sense because that was her gig back in the day. Right. Okay? Mm -hmm. So... All it all checks out. (laughs) Like it makes sense. Yeah, I mean it all makes sense. And then like, you know, they 
she didn't know that Adam, I mean, you know, spoiler alert for freaking He-Man, but she didn't know that Adam was He-Man, which everybody else did. Sort of. And then when he, yeah, sort <laughs> of. I didn't know. Then, every, <laughs> then he and Skeletor bite it, and uh, she finds out that it was Adam the whole time, and that everyone's been effectively lying to her, and she's just she's just, just freaking done with all this magic and stuff, which is a super cool uh, take on this show, like, man, in the second episode when, uh, what was it, Triclops or what the heck was Henry Rollins' character? I can't remember his name. Yeah, the, 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 the side, yeah, I think it's Triclops. Yeah, has, yeah, yeah, whatever. Three eyes, that, but that, yeah, the guy with the little spinny thing on his yeah. head with the different eyes on it. Yeah. I love that character. Couldn't remember his name for the life of me. He was voiced by Henry Rollins, which yes. is great. And he like he started a techno a technology cult. Yeah. This was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like everyone's all like, "Nah, magic was Skeletor was an idiot, and he was holding us all back with his stupid plans. Technology is the wave of the future. Join our technology cult, and we'll turn you into technology monsters." Yeah, and the deal is just like. Wow, you're just as stupid as you ever were. And then she kicks the crap at everybody. It was great. Uh, also, I did not realize that Henry Rollins, I'm watching the episode, and he's talking the whole time like, I can picture that voice being way more calm and smart, and I can't remember where I'm pulling it from. And then I looked it up, and it's like, oh, it's Henry Rollins. He was Zaheer on Legend of Korra? I never pieced that together. Oh, and I'm wow. kind of angry at myself. I didn't know that either. Yeah, Henry freaking Rollins was Zaheer, and uh, it was awesome. No man, I'm I, I I'm loving it so far. I think it's great, and like the whole time I'm watching it, I'm thinking like, I don't know how you could possibly do it, but it would be really wacky and cool if they could somehow do a crossover with that recent Shira cartoon, because they are so stylistically different. Oh yeah, like I mean, could not be more different unless one was live action. I mean, but we did, still, we did, we did get a supernatural Scooby Doo crossover, so anything is right? fucking possible. They did Turtles Forever, right? The night the eighties yep. Turtles met like the modern CG Turtles. Come on, we we can do this. I, I want to see that happen. I really want to see those worlds collide. That would be so cool. What was was funny? I actually made comment about this like the fourth ep- or third or fourth episode. I'm like, they have literally introduced every character to make a toy out of and I don't feel like they're forcing that down my throat. Like I know there's no there was no reason for Skunkor or Stinkor. Stinkor. He, there was absolutely no reason to shoehorn him in into episode 2. Oh, yes there was because he was voiced by Jay Muse, which is fine. Awesome. <laughs> That's why you do that. You say, "All right, we got Jay Muse and a character named Stinkor. How do we make this happen?" <laughs> I mean, it was great. It, it it's just seeing all of the and it does. It didn't feel forced, but every episode introduced like three new toys. It was so awesome. <laughs> I, there was the the robot. The robot. Uh, he shows up later, but I think that was should have. It's not, but it should have been voiced by Wash. Like it, it's Alan Tudyk. Yeah, it should have been voiced by Alan Tudyk because the guy that they got to voice it is is pretty much doing an impersonation of Alan Tudyk. <laughs> Maybe he was busy. Disney's got Disney's got that dude busy, man. It's true. It's true. He's got a lot to do. But I, I just wanted to make sure, like you enjoyed it because, like, watching, like the the internet <laughs> go crazy like that, just, just it was a huge my- bummer, man. And like, I would I would have hoped at some point that. 
I don't know, one of the most homoerotic cartoons of our youth, that, you know, there being a gay character wouldn't really be so much of a problem. But, I mean... <laughs> Again, I'm going to restate this question. Is it possible that it's not about it being a gay character so much as it was a male character that was now made female, changing no, the nature of what we expected no, of that character? She, she, she is not... No, Tila was always Tila. Oh. Tila was a strong, Yeah, she was always a woman. She was just female. never the main character she was like one of the main characters so like so we're just getting more character development and depth of of the universe but it's just again because the masters of this universe the the main focal point of the the storytelling wound up focusing on tila and not he-man he-man's not that he and he's not the he-man in the center of it all and i guess that's problematic which i mean I am certain 99% of it is that the show is centering around Tila because she's a woman, and then a giant chunk of that is because she's a gay woman, uh, and that's a problem, and then I'm sure there's plenty of people pissed off that her, her girlfriend on the show is a, is a black woman. So, I mean, it's really striking all the, the right chords for the idiot demographic, mm-hmm. but... Uh, so, and here, hon, you know how I feel about box checking. Yes, that's this what I was waiting is, for this. I don't feel like they're doing that. What? I don't feel like they're checking the box. Yeah, you keep saying that she is a lesbian. Great. I didn't pick up that being a huge part of the story. Like, yes, technically speaking, I think they are in a relationship, but I'm not really sure. But it's not. Oh, no. At the end of episode two, they they put that shit front and center. And that was, that one rubbed me a little weird because it was like, it was just like, okay, sweetie. And they go in for a kiss and hold hands and stuff. It was like. Okay, I mean, all right. It just it felt weirdly forced. It was a weird moment, and um, like it just didn't feel natural. And I was just kind of a I was a little upset by that because I totally buy them as a couple, but there was something really weird about that moment where they were just like they really just hit that hammer, just just smacked you across the face with like, no, we're not beating around the bush. These two are a couple, and you need to know that that right now. Couple stuff in your face. The whole yeah, it was a weird father-daughter but... shit between her and men. And, like, that was more prevalent, and it becomes more prevalent in, in later episodes. But mm. I just, I don't, I feel like it's a, a, a solid continuation of the story. Like, I didn't want more He-Man stories because it's the same thing. He-Man, he is Adam, there's a problem. He turns big and bulky. He beats the problem, episode over. That's not, I didn't want that. That's the way every goddamn episode of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe was. That and the cat turned into a, a tiger. Like, it. this is a, a story-driven show now, which it wasn't before. It was a toy-driven show before, and this is not what that is. So, Yeah, no, I, I like it, and I totally respect Mike for, and, and where he's coming from. It's the, the people that are coming from the other angles that I do not respect. I mean, don't like the show all you want. That's that's fine. But, you know, jumping out there and calling it trash. Because he was like, you're probably going to enjoy it. And he told me I was going to like it. Which means to me that I'm pretty sure he recognizes that the show was well done. But it's not what he was looking for. So he was, he was unhappy with it. And I get that. Um, and that's the way you do stuff like that, right? <laughs> you look at it and say, well, this isn't for me. And then you move on with your life. Yep. But, uh. Boy, that ain't how the internet works. Nope. <laughs> this isn't for me. It's not out? for you either. And if you like it, you're an idiot. Yeah. You suck. 
Yeah, Jeez, I never imagined there could be this much to say about a He-Man cartoon, really. <laughs> right? Like, that's why I was Bananas. trying to breeze through my other stuff. But, yeah. Karen, what did you watch? Um, well, Chris and I watched some stuff together that was not... Um, He-Man? He-Man, because I didn't... Because I have no fucks to give for He-Man. Sorry, He-Man. Um... Uh, we watched some Olympics and mm-hmm. then I lost my script. Um, <laughs> we watched about six episodes of Kevin Can F Himself. Okay, please tell me everything. Or just, you know, maybe don't take it to He Man levels. Were, so, were you watching it, the six episodes because you were enjoying it or you were waiting for something? Um, we were. It was kind of a mixed reaction. Okay. Um, we were liking it, and then it was, like, kind of turning us off some, and then, like, we were, like, about on the point of being ready to give up on it, and then something intriguing would happen right at the end of an episode, and we'd be like, son of a bitch, now I know I want to know what happens next. Okay. All right. So um, it wasn't like, yeah, no, I need to know. It's just like, all right, you've got, you've peaked just enough interest for me to keep going, but... You're on thin ice, show. <laughs> You're treading on thin ice there, show. Uh, and then we, you know, you, you stopped putting new episodes on there, and I can't say I've oh, missed it, but... <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. The, <laughs> um, the premise is, like, really interesting that drew us in, but once you get past that, it's your basic um, kind of dark, gritty crime slash anti-hero show that amc does a lot of which is fine that's your brand that's what you do that's not what i'm here for okay um so yeah i mean like it's not bad no it's it's just not bad it's well done it's well acted it's uh i just don't think that's what i was looking for in that show either and i guess that's a whole thing about expectations is like you know we're just not the target audience i guess yeah. yeah, I mean, it got very interesting around the point of like the you know the first couple of episodes was just kind of like easing you into the the con the concept of the show mm-hmm. and the characters and everything, and then it hit a turning point when um, Allison and Patty started to like inter- not necessarily become friends because I don't think that they well they're, they're sort of there now, but. Um, but they just started to interact more with each other outside of the realm of the men, more more in her, like, you know, washed out real world mm-hmm. gotcha. life. She was interacting more with Patty and like, it, it was interesting. And then it was like, oh, oh, OK, she's 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 a drug dealer. And and then and, and now Allison's going to get wrapped up in the drug world in order to ca- uh... commit a murder and then adultery. And I was like, OK. Wow, All right, snowballed. I'm, I'm back off the train. <laughs> Damn, that it went basically downhill much turned faster. into Good Girls, and I fell off of that show for kind of the same same reason. Like, it kind of got to the point where who who exactly am I rooting for here? Who's the likable person? Gotcha. Uh, and you know, she, the main character, is pretty. <sighs> She's likable to an extent because she's treated so poorly by this absolute awful human being. But at the same time, she's out there like 
she's making a lot of really bad decisions and she seems to be getting off on making those bad decisions. So like, I don't, I'm not enjoying watching her, but there's things happening in the plot that it's like, all right, I'm okay. I'm interested enough, but not interested enough. Okay. Yeah. That's like, I don't know. I think I got enough of that downward spiral watching breaking bad. That show used to stress me out so much. Yeah, that's sort of the same flavor that I got off of it between that and, like, Ozark. Which I know people love Ozark and are trying to keep trying to get me to watch Ozark. And I'm like, I'm sure it's wonderful. I just can't do the dark, gritty, anti-hero crime drama thing anymore. Yeah, I, I don't want to be that stressed <laughs> out by my TV show. <laughs> I, need, I need happiness. I need positivity. I need light. I need Ted Lasso. Yeah, I forgot. I <laughs> shit, honey. I watched all of Ted Lasso in a day. Holy fuck! <laughs> I didn't even know it happened. Was I at work? Yes, you were. Wow. <laughs> Unemployment looks good back. on you. It started. It started on. It was just while I was on the computer. It was on in the background, and then I just got engrossed and I watched the whole thing. And God damn it, Carrie, that show is amazing. It's so, so good. wonderful. Um, so yeah, season two's back. Uh, first episode was, you know, it was, it was kind of a, a little bit of a departure, kind of just setting up the world of where, what happened after season one ended. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like the second episode was much more, um, true to form and just very funny and I just wait, love what the show was the, so freaking much. What was much. the second episode? I don't. Oh wait, maybe I haven't watched it yet. I think I haven't watched the second episode. I've only watched the first one. Yeah. Yeah, watch the second one. It's I will. great. I will. It's great. Uh, Angela and also, I. Also, the second one to... has a lot more Roy Kent. He wasn't very much in the first one. So oh. Roy Kent is the older <laughs> soccer yeah. player. So he, 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 I love him, and I love Keely, and the, they're like the, the best couple on TV. So the interaction with the owner and him and Keely on the double date. Uh -huh. And he's like, you're fucking amazing. Don't you settle for anything. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Don't you that settle for anything awesome. less than that. You're going to, you're going to, you should watch it. You'll enjoy it, honey. Sorry. Yeah. It's, it's phenomenal. Top to bottom. Yes. Love it that like, show. It's like a, some kind of like delicious ice cream that you just can't get enough of except if it you takes, eat enough ice it, cream, you feel sick, but you don't. You could just watch this show all day. I'm, and I'm not going to lie. It takes a minute for the character of Ted Lasso, Lasso to to like, to like want to be a part of his world because he's so different. Like, he's mm -hmm. so upbeat. And it's like you, you want to just poke him in the eye for the first two episodes because you know it's it's it's... What's that show? Not Bad News Bears. What was that show with the, the Major League? Like that's how they're they're making you believe that this show is that it's a television version of Major League, the baseball show, mm -hmm. where the, the owner is trying to undermine the team, and it turns it to something different. But then it goes back to that. And then it goes back to it. I was like, this is a roller coaster that I don't want to be on. But he is so goddamn adorable. <laughs> <laughs> it's infuriatingly adorable. The biscuit, uh, the biscuit bit. I thought that would go away quickly, but it didn't. The entirety of season one. Every time. The only problem that I have with the show is that it's dropping week to week. 
<laughs> I want it all now. This is not, you know, we've talked about yeah, you got this weather. With me. <laughs> <laughs> the better. I was getting angry with you. I was just getting angry. Um, the we've talked about whether it's better to like drop the whole season at once or, um, you know, spread stretch it out week to week, and how like some you know big event shows like Mandalorian and whatnot it makes sense to drop them week to week because like it keeps the conversation going this is not one of those shows this is yeah. just gave it to me right now Apple TV come on yeah. what are you doing you're killing me <laughs> uh, I don't remember the premise of hmm? sh- I don't remember the premise of this show uh, the premise no, is... No, don't, don't spoil it. Go in blind. Is, yeah. yeah. Okay. The premise is great. Yeah. Because that's what I was going to say. The premise is great and just watch it. Yeah. Where is okay. Ted, like that actor, where's, where do I know him from? Jason Sudeikis? Yeah. Like what, like... <sighs> um, I mean, he was on SNL, but that's probably not, not where you know him it's from. It's not where I know him from. And that's the problem. Like I know he was on SNL, but I, like... Miller? Meet the Millers? Is that it? I don't know. It was weird because Jesus when I uh, when I wasn't a fan of his, just like I wasn't a fan of uh, Andy Samberg, like mm-hmm. I was just saying, ah, no, not my cup of tea because it was that not my Saturday Night Live troupe. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and I gave this one a shot, and I was like, uh, you know, I feel like I was I was missing out. I'm, I'm glad I actually it's that mustache. Damn it, that mustache. <laughs> he was one of the bike scout troopers on that episode of Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, he was on Math- Last Man on Earth. Boy, that show was... I, I, I rather enjoyed that show for a little bit. Uh, what else was he on? I don't know if you can hear this right now, but the rain is so loud outside of the window in our office. That that it's it picking up on my microphone wow. when I'm not talking. <laughs> Yes, sorry about Yikes. that. I just, I was like, what, is there water running somewhere? Yeah, that was insane. <laughs> wow, I can hear that. Yeah. yeah, it just started coming down. Hold on, I'm going to put my mic, I'm like facing the window now. Yeah, you hear that? This is why I get stressed during rainstorms, flash, everybody. Flash flooded warnings for like 12 hours here. Yeah, you fucking wow. think? Jesus. Yeah. Sounds like he Noah's was on Ark a bunch should of be coming. The 30 Rock, it was a character named Floyd. Yes. Um. I feel like there should yes. be there should be more, but I don't know. It's all right. Just... He's he's one of those. Hey, it's that guy. Um, yeah. So just to follow up on other things I have mentioned, I did finish Discovery of Witches, Angie. And um, I feel you on the kind of being a little bit over it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm glad they're gonna go back to the present. At least I assume that's what they're gonna do. Fucking hope um, so. The, yeah, the, all the thing in the past. I kind of felt, I don't know, disconnected or like just too much going on because they were like doing things in the present and in the past. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy a lot of the being in the Elizabethan times. I'll give yes. it that. Like all of that stuff was real fun to watch, but it did make it hard to like keep up with like, okay, Marcus and then Domenico and like what the hell's going on? And then like the girl was pregnant and had the, the, which baby like it was just it was a lot <laughs> yeah it was spread out in a way that i also like it was part of it was just disjointed like i couldn't remember characters names after a point and i was like wait who's that again like it just yeah it wasn't it wasn't holding together the way that i would have hoped uh for them to go on such a deep dive into the past 
So I, and I, I kind of, yeah, I mean, I kind of like the premise of them, like kind of setting up this, the two sides of the war for back of lack of a better term of yeah. like the old, older people wanting to like keep all the species separate and then the younger people who want to just like make it a big love fest. <laughs> yeah, um, basically. I like that. I like that premise a lot. Um, and I know people like these books. Um, a friend of mine is, you know, I mentioned I was watching the show and she was like, oh, the books are so much better, um, I'm, which I'm sure they are. But it feels like maybe that this is a problem of adaptation then of like doing this whole story arc um, in the past where like maybe, I don't know, maybe it worked better in the book somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just some some part of it that, like you said, it it just doesn't feel connected. There's this just disjointedness. And I under, I, at first I thought it was like an intentional part of the storytelling. And then I was like, nah, y'all are not bringing it back. This is not working. Yeah. But, you know, at least there were Elizabethan costumes to look at. Oh, man. That were yeah, they were nice. cool. How much did you like looking at the queen, too? She was like kind of gnarly. She was pretty cool. I like my my favorite part of it was when she was learning the magic, like the thread mm-hmm. weaving magic. I was like, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. There were I mean, there were other things too, um, like his behavior at times, uh, how it was like conflicting with who he was in the present versus the past self, uh, mm-hmm. like the completely displaced past version of him that everyone's like, oh yeah, you're not the same at all. This will be real fine when you you know, leave and he comes back like that Mm -hmm. still just felt like a very weirdly left, uh, loose end. Yeah. It was a very strange, like way to handle time travel. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Like I said, I, I just, I have a friend that's like really into it and she liked it so much that I was like, okay, I will try to do this again when the next season comes out. But like, if it hasn't fixed some of these problems i'm not going to be able to stay on board i i I would like to see more magic in a show about witches yeah (laughs) there's not there's not been enough magic and and i don't know what they're doing with alex kingston they're wasting the crap out of her yeah um yeah she's just like running around worrying about everybody and telling everybody to be safe and not take risks and I don't think this is safe and I don't like what you're doing and I'm like you're Alex fucking Kingston well you, you should be out there kicking ass you you're caught up though right yeah so you know what happened yeah I certainly hope that turns her into that like badass witch yes wait I thought she was the one who died no Oh, it was, was the, the other it one. Was her, or it was the other one. That's right, because I kept looking at her being like, do something useful. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yep, so yep, yep. maybe now she will, because that would make me happy. Yeah, that'd make me happy, too, because I agree. I was like, you are a waste, and I like when you're on screen, usually. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, yeah, see? I thought she was better off dead. I'd, like, switched it in my mind. Nice. <sighs> Yeah, they just because they just weren't utilizing her as an actress for this character, and I feel like she doesn't do timid well. Like she's no, it doesn't work for like her fucking being, like her essence. <laughs> yes, 
she she the she as a person is stronger than the character she's playing. Yes. And it's it's like incongruous. It's very mm-hmm. bad. I don't like. Yeah. So. Um so I finished that and I like you, I will, you know, I'll see what happens in season 3 and make my decision then. Mhm. Uh, and then I picked up the first couple of episodes of season two of Never Have I Ever, which I got into last season. Um, there's a really cute uh, Netflix like teen show about this Indian girl who's just, you know, she's a good girl. And then like her dad dies when she's in high school and she starts going through like all of the typical high school experiences at once and. Yeah. It's just a really well done show. It's really cute. Um, and her inner voice is narrated by John McEnroe. Chris <laughs> sat down and watched a few minutes of it with me the other night. And he was like, what the hell is going on here? Why? Who is that? And why is that? And But he was laughing. He, he thought it was funny, too. Yeah, I got a good chuckle out of it. Because it's like, I don't know, this, uh, it was just it was striking me as this, like, not bad by any means, just like relatively straightforward romance kind of thing. But it's also being like, narrated by some what sounded just like a sports announcer like <laughs> what is happening right now it's really freaking weird and then she explained it to me i was like that's genius <laughs> i like it thumbs up good show yeah they went um last season they diverted from the form for one episode where they followed a different character and they had him his like inner voice was narrated by um one of the one of the geeks from Freaks and Geeks, Sandberg is his name, um, and then this season they had the hot jock. They had his inner monologue for the third episode, and uh, his inner monologue was um, Gigi Hadid, who is like a supermodel. <laughs> so she's like, we he and I both know what it's like to like have people only appreciate us for our looks. <laughs> I'm like, all right, okay, show I can see that. <laughs> So, uh, very clever show. Um, it's just as good as it was in season one. So I'm looking forward to finishing that up. And I highly recommend to anybody if you haven't seen it already. So, I actually had seen something. I don't know. I think it was like a news article or something that had mentioned the show. And I was considering picking it up. So it's kind of cool that you're actually watching it. Because um, it, it, I, I'm curious. And now I'm more curious. Which is fun. It's fun. It's very cute, and, like, one of the things that I like about it is how, like, the show is very, like, the cast is very diverse, but they don't make a big deal out of it. It Mm -hmm. just looks like, you know, here's, like, a school full of kids that are all different races and (coughs) genders and uh, orientations, and nobody's, like, the token anything. It's just, like, this girl has an extremely Indian name, and nobody has a problem pronouncing it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's that's uh, not real. Makes my heart happy. Yeah, that's so actually I awesome. recommend that. I, I think you should. I think you would enjoy it. All right. Well, that's a lot of talking about TV. So let's take a break and then we can talk some more about TV. Sound good? <laughs> Sounds like a plan Sounds to me. great. Oh All wait! Right. I didn't tell you about. Oh, uh, no. I, I was. I've been watching. A, I'm caught up on the Bad Batch. It's still fine. <laughs> okay. It's still a solid. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, and with that, we'll be back. 
And now, here's a quick look at some of the other original content, available now from our partners and Geekade.com. First up, hey, guess what? I'm doing a commercial on here because I didn't write a script again, so I'm going to ad-lib commercials, uh, and I'm going to talk about uh, Donkey Kong. I'm 40 years old, my partner on Waveback is 40 years old, and Donkey Kong is 40 years old, so we listened to a whole mess of Donkey Kong music, and it was flipping awesome. I had so much fun uh, trolloping through the the history of the Donkey Kong franchise. I discovered new Donkey Kong music that I didn't know existed from the weird Game Boy Advance port of Donkey Kong Country 3 that they had David Wise re-record entire soundtrack on for some reason. They threw a bunch of Cobra Triangle levels at the end. It was freaking weird. Uh, I had a blast on this one, and if you want to listen to me be this excited and probably even more nerdy about Donkey Kong music for an entire podcast, check out Waveback episode, pff, I don't freaking know, 40th <laughs> anniversary of Donkey Kong, available on geekade.com and on our YouTube channel, because we put podcasts on YouTube now. Catch it. <laughs> Catch it. <laughs> Shit, I don't want to, I should have gone first, because now i got to follow that. Yeah, that's... Do what you do, babe. You got this. Go. Okay, so now it's my turn, and I don't have a script either. I'm not creative like Chris, and I'm definitely not funny, but I do like to draw pirates sometimes, so I made a comic book with a lot of other people who don't draw pirates, but I do. (laughs) So, here's the deal. You can check out my Etsy shop, where you can purchase Tales of Cape Fear Volumes 1 and 2, a Wilmington Anthology comic book series developed by, I guess, me, kind of. Wow, that was weird to say. I I did that. That's a you thing I did. feel uncomfortable, did it? Yeah. Oh, God. I'm cringing. But the thing is, it's cool. It's a comic book. Lots of people worked on it. Uh, there's a lot of different art styles, and you should just buy it, because I fucking said so. Yeah, Tales of Cape Fear. Catch it. Yeah. My birthday. Catch it. Pirates. Karen, do you want to go? No. Do you have something to catch? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I will yell about whatever you want. You want to skip your turn? You want me to go again? No, I want to say more about pirates, (laughs) Chris. Do you want to know what I have to say about this? It's like a 50-plus page book, and it's only $5. That's right, only $5. $5? You can catch it for $5. Catch it! Catch them, pirates. (laughs) Are there there Pokemon pirates? There will be now. Okay. What's going on? I'm painting Blackbeard right now, and when I'm done, you know what he's going to have on his, the little, I don't know what this thing is, the part of his jacket that's near his neck? The collar. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say he was going to have those little dangly beard beads, and they're going to look like Pokeballs. No, he has dangly beard beads, and now they will look like Pokeballs, but there's also going to be a Pikachu on his collar, his coat collar. That's right. That's happening. Pika Pika, bitches. <laughs> Oh, heavens. Um, This has gone off the rails. Uh, So, Chris has many podcasts. One of them is about movies. Um, This most recent episode of A Theater Near You, he and Sean and Paul discussed the Jason Statham epic, Crank, (laughs) which I watched with him. Being discussed. I used that joke with Dan last night, and I I had to use it again. It didn't land that time either. (laughs) Pika Pika. Yes. Uh, It was was a bad movie. It was not what we expected at all. 
It, it could have been great and it wasn't, um, but it was a movie and they talked about it. So you should listen to that. Catch it. <laughs> Damn right. Theater that, near you. Theater episode near you. five. Crank. Catch it. <laughs> Just like the Pokemon. You got to catch them all. That's right. Evan, we usually do three commercials, but you're going to do four. Bring the pain, Evan. What do you got for us? I do the editing, and I don't want to put Dean's commercial in again, so I am going to talk about E-Wing <laughs> gaming chairs. That's right, folks. We here at Geek Aid got a discount code to work with E-Win on their gaming chairs. And they look like they lovingly caress your body as you sit there and do nothing in front of your television or your computer. You can get up to 20% off. All you have to do is use the code Geek Aid at the checkout. Check that out. Catch it. You have All this to great say stuff it, and more. Check out. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not moving on until you say catch it. <laughs> catch it. There it is. For all this great content and more from us and our partners, be sure to keep your eyes on geekade.com. I'm not moving. <laughs> and we're back. Uh, today we are discussing the first episode of a We Are Lady Parts called Play Something. Uh, this originally aired as a pilot on British TV's Channel 4 in 2018, and then it was uh, commissioned for a six-episode season, which premiered in May um, in t- May of this year in the UK and in June on Peacock in the US. Uh, the entire series is written and directed by Nita Manzor, who, um, you, if the name sounds familiar, it's probably because she wrote a couple episodes of season 12 of Doctor Who. Uh, Fugitive of the Jadoon and Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror. The show uh, tells the story of the Women of Lady Parts, a Muslim punk band who are trying to make it in London. Um, when the show begins, Saira, Bisma, and Aisha and their manager Mumtaz are trying to recruit a reluctant but talented Amina, who is a... A PhD student and she really just wants to find a good traditional Muslim husband uh, but they discover that she's also a very talented guitar player and they really want to fill out their sound so they can become <clears throat> you know a big they can become rock stars uh, so before we start talking about this did you guys just watch the first one or did you watch any more than that just the first one yes. okay yeah. we watched the whole series but we will try to keep it you to just uh, hun do you have a problem with them discussing no i well i actually like when sometimes like this happens because this is an instance where i feel like you guys will have insight to future stuff in the series that like if we had anything we didn't like in episode one maybe that gets clarified or rectified or you know whatever like there may be a reason why something is the way it is or yeah i don't know there may be context given um so I'm cool with you guys sharing, you know, <laughs> surprise, we have spoilers on this podcast. All right, cool then. Um, so I'm getting the impression that maybe you guys didn't like this as much as we did. Um, I would say, I know Evan said that he was going to remain quiet for part of this, so I'll start. Uh, I, I, I mean, I'm going to, to voice my opinion, but I just, it's, I will, uh, let me get my point out. It's, yeah. this was not for me. Okay, I did not. It's not that it was bad. It's just that there was nothing for me to grab onto and 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 identify with. And I came up with this realization that if it's not 
a fantasy or not in this world and there's literally nothing in the show for me to identify with i'm not interested in it like I, it doesn't grab me i know it's i i read chris's tweet earlier this week that you guys really enjoyed it and that's great it's just it did i it was that awkward comedy where you feel uncomfortable for people and that doesn't do it for me and there was literally not a single character in that this show that i identified with so it just wasn't my cup of tea okie dokie fair enough angie um so i mean i i could respect the viewpoint of like not having something to really connect to or identify with but i think um like i'm more okay with that awkward humor because i often feel like i am that awkward so uh i tend to do better with shows that have that kind of humor um so as we were watching i found myself like laughing out loud at a lot of scenes and uh i think this will end up being something that i would watch more of but i will end up doing it solo and we all know my track record for actually getting to watch things um so yeah i i i was enjoying it um i just like you know it was the first episode so like now i need to see the rest of it and see where the story goes um I've, I found some of the, uh, like, behaviors of the characters to be very amusing. <laughs> um, just like when she's in the beginning in, of the episode and her parents just continuously embarrass her in front of, like, this <laughs> possible future husband who is clearly not, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Like, I don't. It was just so perfect because it felt like the epitome of what people experience, but like from the Muslim perspective, I was dying. Um, to so. to uh, to Evan's point, um, and I'm not trying to like you know, argue your point. Mm -hmm. uh, just I'm I came at it from a pretty similar angle. Um, I don't have any understanding of Muslim culture. It's it's completely foreign to me. Um, but I related so much to, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if related is the right word. I definitely eventually related because it was, uh, the show turned out to be very much, you know, about being in a band. And I, I relate to that very much and that dynamic, um, specifically of being, uh, the nerdiest person in a, a group of cool musicians, um, <laughs> that, that I, uh, I, I definitely, uh, identified with pretty well, but, I was so taken aback by just the way everything was presented. And I, I, I don't, like I said, I have no frame of reference at all for Muslim culture and it mm -hmm. didn't matter to me. I was, uh, I found myself just like you, Angie, I was laughing out loud at a lot of stuff in this show and God, her parents are fantastic. <laughs> um, and, and even more so in, in um, future episodes, there's, I, I'm having a hard time even, you know, wrapping my head around where to begin on on how impressed I was with this show. But like, they made uh, th they made these characters so I felt personally. I just felt that they made those characters so relatable, um, even to some random white dude from New Jersey. Uh, a show about a bunch of Muslim women joining a uh, trying to form a punk band, and I was so invested in all of them um you know it does take some some cool dramatic turns um throughout the course of the series uh and it's it sets itself up really well to do that um 
uh, because of all the comedy in the beginning. And man, I just, I laughed at so many of the jokes in this show and I thought it was so well acted. The comedic timing was, was excellently done. Um, but yeah, I was, I was surprised how much I liked it because, Mm -hmm. um, I, I, like I said, I, I have absolutely no, no connection to Muslim culture at all. It's so foreign to me that I, I kind of felt like this, this show is definitely not going to be for me. Um, and that turned out to not be the case. And I, I could not have possibly been more pleasantly surprised by it. And, um, I don't yeah. know. It, it gave me, it, I, I'm having a real hard time articulating it. I was completely floored by the show by the time it was done. Well, I would, I would say that, uh, you know, and Evan, tell me if this is a correct assumption. The thing that made it hard for him to relate was not necessarily the fact that it was coming from a Muslim perspective. Cause I agree. Like we don't, nobody in this group particularly has a lot of information or education on Muslim culture, but, um, it was just like Evan doesn't he doesn't do well with the awkward sense of humor stuff like the the there's there's certain types of humor that like just don't hit people the right way and like <laughs> Evan right, really so, struggles so with that. Ha- okay, I, I I have this weird thing where I start feeling for the people on screen and it shows up every episode of the British Bake Off. Everyone oh, at God. the very end where there's something precariously perched and they have to pick it up and they move it and I start feeling uncomfortable. For them, I literally have to turn and look away. That is not an exaggeration. I usually skip the like thirty to sixty seconds of the show every time he's with me watching it. He cannot handle it. So this show, it wasn't uh, it wasn't necessarily about the, the the Muslim culture of it. It was the it okay. It was that. It was the 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 band aspect of it. It was the female aspect of it. Like none of that was wrong. It's just not my wheelhouse. Like I can't, I can't, like I've never tried to be part of a band. <laughs> like it's not, so it was just not for me. That, that's it. I mean, they and, all and seem to act very yeah, well. Yeah, I don't and, think you need to, I don't think you need to defend that. I, I, that, yeah. that makes total sense to me. I, I was just commenting that, you know, I mean, the the band thing is one different you know point where we come from, but it was, mm-hmm. I, I, it's interesting that we had so such different reactions to it. Uh, considering that we are who we are. (laughs) Well, I mean, it was one of those things, like, because, you know, Evan is the kind of guy, like, he loves Orphan Black. Like, he has no problem with a female-led cast. I think that it really, like, it was... (laughs) The stuff that I would find myself laughing at is probably the same stuff you were laughing at, Chris. And it's the kind of stuff that Evan's like, I'm uncomfortable. I hope this person will like, he just can't, he cannot deal with the awkward. vomited every time she (laughs) played the guitar. (laughs) See? That's not cool. (laughs) And then they worked on overcoming it. And that was really cool. But that's, yeah, like, (laughs) because we only have the first episode for context, like, we're just taking Mm. it from that context. And that's why I said, I think that you guys, like, what you've taken from the show will be different from what we've taken from it because we only have that one episode that we're going off of. Um, But, like, that, yeah, that is a... That was that part made it a tough sell. Not gonna lie. Um, I don't know. Maybe I, and and the the band thing. I'll be honest. I'm not. I'm not. Oh, Chris, please know that I do love you, but I don't typically like anything to do with people in bands. I just <laughs> I dated a musician, and he kind of ruined a lot of that for me. Oh yeah, it was at that part. It's a little, yeah. So I that that was one of the main components not compelling me to move forward immediately with the show. But like I said, I am more than willing to continue it in the future. 
um, I just have to catch up on some other stuff. That poor girl was so awkward. <laughs> yes, and, and I was a little skeptical in the beginning of like, okay, well, she has such severe p- performance anxiety. How are they going to make this work? Yeah. Um, you know, if the show was about her being in the band, like you can't be in a band and not perform. Right. Um, but but like Chris it said. It wasn't just performance anxiety. She was socially awkward. Like sitting yeah, sitting on the couch talking to the prospective husband with her family, like that there that was viscerally uncomfortable for me. And it's uh, <laughs> as the show goes on, that's a big part of it is um kind of why was why was that so socially awkward to her? Why I I am I'm, I'm I'm having a hard time articulating it, but I got all, it, that that's that's all very intentional and not in the like um what's it uh the like the curb your enthusiasm sort of way where it's just like no that's the joke it's funny like no there's the, it goes through as in what's the reason for this why are these people the way that they are um and again the 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 parents in particular were such a a huge sticking point there's this one scene in a later episode where um you learn more about one of the other characters parents and then that character gets to interact with her parents who mm-hmm. are great and those couple of scenes really hammer home just the importance of supportive parents for mm-hmm. creative people mm-hmm. um whereas if your parents are not supportive and you're an artist and uh, they don't believe in you they don't believe in your art or they don't believe in you or anything like that that it has such an effect on on kids like that has such an effect on a person's life i have no idea what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) uh and then you see how much of a difference something like that can make on a person from even just experiencing one interaction with what it's like to have supportive parents uh it was a, a lot of that kind of stuff was just so incredibly meaningful uh for me while watching this um you know, and the, the the ending is a little bit, you know, puffy, happy Empire Records, uh, w- which is fine because it, it doesn't all, all have to be like grit. Obviously, things go bad at some point because it's a TV show. Otherwise, mm-hmm. there would be nothing to it. But it handles all that stuff very well. Um, and I just think that everything was delivered so extraordinarily well that uh, to have... The, the the life experiences of these characters um, whose lives are so incredibly far removed from mine in so many ways, but still come off as so genuine and, and relatable to somebody who has no frame of reference for so much of what these people actually go through. I was so completely impressed by it. And yeah, I, I, I eventually saw uh, that the night we finished it, I saw on Twitter, like, just randomly someone saying, you're you're liking something that somebody's doing, like, just send them a DM and say, I think you're fantastic in what you do. And I was like, I don't think that's for me. I think that might be crossing uh, crossing some lines to have some random white guy from New Jersey uh, message some, some women on a TV show and be like, I think you're amazing and I love the work that you do uh, in, a, in a private message. So I just kind of put out a, a general public message to anybody involved in this show uh, to just be just know that you, you, you made a heck of an impact on me. Um, I was I was so so impressed by the show. It was wonderful. Nice. It's uh it's interesting to me like I 
completely get not being comfortable with awkward humor. And sometimes I'm, I'm that way about certain things myself. Uh, in this case in particular, I feel like her, uh, her, I mean, to a certain degree, her social awkwardness, but even to the degree of her um, performance anxiety and vomiting, mm-hmm. um, it's so crucial to that character's development because really part of what the show is about is her um, becoming like her true self. She sort of seems like when you start out the show, she's coming from a place of like, I guess society's expectations of who she is supposed to be because she's this, like she's really good in school. She's a geek. She's like a PhD student. She's trying to be very traditional about her like culture and their, you know, the way they handle marriage, even though it is a little confusing to me that like her, she doesn't seem to be forced into this by her parents. It's more of like, it's more of like a social thing. Like she's trying to keep up with her best friend who is going Mm -hmm. through the same marriage process, but has already found the guy. Um, But like, she's, she's trying to be very halal, um, which is, it's my understanding. If I'm using that term incorrectly, I apologize, but it seems like, like she's trying to follow the right way of doing things for her culture, but she has this, you know, something inside of her that makes her want to play music and be part of this band and like do things that aren't accepted in her culture. And it's the, those two sides of her are at war through the show and it like manifests itself in this awkwardness. Like every time she's trying to be something that she isn't because she thinks that's what she's supposed to be. It's just, it's hard to watch. And it's, you know, it's hard to watch in a cringy comedy kind of way. But it's also kind of hard to watch on the level of anybody who's ever been in that kind of position where they're trying to be something that they aren't to make other people happy. And you Um, see that even in, like, there was the scene when her friend is there and she's like, mm -hmm. yeah, with all the posts, like, she opens the closet door and there's all the musicians' posters and she's like, oh, yeah, this white man on your wall. And she's like, he's not a white man. He's, I want to, I don't remember who then who was, was like, John John McClane. Yeah, John, there it is. You know, like, that was, I think, a, a really great way to represent what you're saying there where she's, she's trying to, like, bury this part of who she is. Um... But what was weird, she, nobody was, like, it was... No one was making nobody her. Nobody was making her. She was doing it to herself. And I and out of everything that I had seen and not and having the reaction I did, her family or her, I don't know, the I'm not going to say family, her parents were fantastic. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I get why you guys, like, liked their interactions. Like, there was one scene, I, I did laugh out loud at one scene when she is leaving the house and she she said she was going to the store and she asked if they wanted anything and the father blurted out a Fanta. <laughs> that was it. He just said, a Fanta, and that was it. And the, the way the parents interact with one another is also really wholesome. Like, they were, they were adorable. Uh, it was just... I, well, the thing is, is that, or at least the way that I, I viewed it through the show was that it was almost like to a certain extent, a bit of rebellion. Like, there's a scene later in, in the series where she kind of has it out with her mom uh, about the way that she lives her life and that, you know, to a degree, she doesn't necessarily approve 
of the of how you know enlightened she is or whatever. And I think it all comes from her her friends and her wanting to fit in with her social group. So mm-hmm. it's almost like this weird sort of like anti rebellion thing going on where like she's doing the opposite of what her parents are doing because her friends are all telling her that that's not the way you're supposed to be that mm-hmm. this is the way you're supposed to be like she's always harping on about how her friends all have this stuff and then her friends ostracize her they make her feel bad for not being caught up in life with where they are and i hated her friends so much through this show and and when she finally gained that she finally gains that acceptance with them and that turns out to not be true and the guy that she gets involved in i think was fantastic uh he was really fun to yeah, watch yeah you don't really get to see much of him in the first episode yeah you eventually get to see more of him and i think he's great and i love the relationship that kind of uh, that starts to form there um but that was uh it was. It wasn't something that that ever occurred to me while watching it. But you're 100 percent right. It, it it does seem weird that it would be. Um, you know, why is she pursuing this life, and it, when you know nobody's forcing her to? And it's it's this it's the social aspect of it. It's it's her friends. It's the people that she grew up with and respects outside of her parents. Gotcha. And there's also. Um... <clears throat> A societal aspect to it because later i mean and again you guys didn't see the rest of the show but uh, later there is um some press coverage like some f- f- like f- ma- manipulated press coverage of the band that makes them look like basically angry muslim women like rebelling against the you know patriarchal whatever of their culture mm-hmm. and that's not who they are or what they're trying to do or say but um amina in particular gets so much shit for it for like how dare you like you know we're you know in the world in the world's eye there's so much scrutiny on muslim women and how we're supposed to be and look and like everything we have to do and how hard we work to be perceived as like doing the right things and then you know she went and joined this punk band and had this magazine article that made them look like they're a bunch of assholes and they hate hate the culture and and it made it look to her friends like she was rejecting everything that they were about and that was like really crushing to her because their opinions of her mattered so much to her mm-hmm. Gotcha. yeah i mean it sounds like one of the things that I like about this too is that for people who are not, who don't have any comprehension, this is like what television can do for you, right? Like it opens you up to a world and a culture and an aspect of someone else's life or existence you would not have been a part of otherwise like you wouldn't understand or experience and it's not like watching this we're going to be like super well versed in Muslim culture, <laughs> understand anything fully World about pieces solved we did it you guys right yeah but like it just Ding. it's really cool that like it does kind of feel like this takes you one step closer to being in a place where it isn't such a big deal like to have a show where the main characters and the cast are all muslim like it's kind of taking it back to uh kamala khan for me um mm-hmm. and and kind of like 
how at the time when I started reading that, I was like, I have not seen stuff like this outside of Habibi, which is a Craig Thompson novel. And it's a very, very different approach to storytelling um, and the Muslim culture. So like, it's just, it's, it's nice to kind of see that like, there's something like that out there because I mean, I absorb as much as I can about shows that teach me about another culture via a pop culture medium. Like, hell yeah, give me more of this, you know? <laughs> like, I watch K-dramas, I've watched, like, Irish stuff, British stuff, like, now I've got something from the Muslim community, like, yes, give me more, keep going. <laughs> yeah, I definitely had a lot of thoughts about uh, Kamala Khan and Miss Marvel. I'm not familiar with that character in the least, but I do know that she is Muslim. I've never mm -hmm. read any of her stuff. Uh, but I'm very excited to uh, watch the new shows because everyone loves this character so much and I've always meant to read it, just never got around to it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then after watching this, I'm like, I, this is pretty exciting and it's also, I feel like this has got to be, and uh, as long as it's being representative, represented properly, which I'm, I can only assume it is, between this, I mean, I don't know how high profile it actually is, but Ms. Marvel is quite a high profile thing it's pretty cool to get this kind of representation from this uh, sect of society that thus far has not been extraordinarily well represented because since I don't have any of these people in my life, you know, learning about them through entertainment seems to be a, a, a pretty good way of doing so. And there's been very little in the way of, of positive uh, figures painted in this light in any of the things that I've seen. And, um, also, even if they are, they're kind of usually a bit on the stereotypical side. And right. these people all seemed extraordinarily real. Like, at the end of the day, watching this, and I don't know how stupid this makes me sound, but they all just... Everyone there seemed like just totally relatable, normal people with just a different set of beliefs and lifestyle. Uh I don't know what I expected out of it otherwise, but it was just the whole thing just felt so, I don't know, honest and approachable, uh, like, cause they're just people. And I feel like it's, it's, it's the kind of thing that's easily, uh, overlooked, like yep. that they are, they are just people. They just do things differently than you do. And that's fine. And, uh, I don't know. The, the whole thing was, the whole thing just really kind of kind of melted my brain in the best possible ways. I also nice. thought that there, you know, were some neat, like, approaches to the storytelling. The, um, like, sort of fantasy sequences <laughs> were, yes. uh, were fun, fun little exploration into Amina's head. And, like, the band's music itself is also, like, is, you, the more episodes you see, the more taste of the music you get but uh it's pretty great <laughs> i have to say what was it? it was like a uh almost a like crime noir thing when she's like fantasizing about the guy <laughs> mm -hmm. the dude's oh eyebrows and stuff yeah. that was fucking amazing <laughs> um yeah and they don't overdo that which is wonderful like they do that a handful of times but they do not overdo that no they do it just enough so you're like you know you can appreciate it but not so little that when they do it it's like wait what the hell's going on right <laughs> it's just enough that's um, yeah that was that was fun that was very fun for me i liked that especially because it just felt like it made sense for her as a character <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> again re very relatable 
And in the beginning of the show, she's like, you know, not interested at all in being in the band. So the only way you really get to appreciate her musical talent is in that kind of fantasy sequence where she's singing. Yeah. And and when she loses herself on stage because she thinks no one's watching and she's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. She seems like a character that's really fun to celebrate. But -hmm. again, you have to be able to get past all of those really awkward moments, which can be very painful for someone as empathetic as like Evan. (laughs) Um so yeah, I'm I'm definitely uh, I, I'm I'm going to be watching more of it, especially the more that we're talking about it, because it sounds like the story does go in some cool directions. Um, and I'll let you guys know what I think. Cool, I look forward to hearing it, and I hope uh, I hope there's more of this show. Uh, I wouldn't be terribly heartbroken if there wasn't, because it does wrap up pretty nicely. But at the same time, I would also be more than happy to follow more of what these women are going through. Yeah, there's definitely more story here. Um, Like you said, one of the, you know, one of the hooks of the story for me, just having experienced it tangentially, is the, like, trying to make it as a band kind of thing. That was Mm -hmm. a big part of our lives when, when you and I got together. And so, you know, I could appreciate that part of the story. And now they they reach by the end of the season a certain point in that journey, and there's definitely more to explore past the point that they get to. That's um, cool. And I think that having reached that point would then have an impact on the individual characters' lives, which are just as interesting as their lives as a collective. Um, particularly Bisma, the the bass player who is also a mother. God, every time she's on screen with her kid, I'm like I, I she's my I I want to be her when I grow up. Aww. <laughs> there is this like there's a scene where her husband ac- accidentally says something stupid in front of her their kid and then she like kind of calls him out on it and it's so perfect. Uh, I, I did not well, believe she was a mother at first. I'm just going to point that out because she looked like way too young. <laughs> I was like, holy crap. Uh, why do I keep meeting or meeting, seeing women like this that I, I can't believe they're a mother? Well, it happens to all sorts of women. Well, I'm glad that you enjoyed it, Angie. I'm sorry that it made you uncomfortable, Evan. <laughs> But I understand completely your reasons for feeling the way you did about it. Um, and overall, I'm glad we watched it, and I also hope that there is more. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, so I think that's gonna do it, Christopher. Oh, that's me. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Had dost thou have a spiel? Oh, I do. It's around here somewhere. So before we get into the spiel, I'm sorry. Chris, I just saw this, and it is tangentially TV-related. Did you see the guy who won the gold for windsurfing? Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that, hon? No. Okay, so he's a Dutch guy. Won the gold for windsurfing. <laughs> of course surfing. he is. Look. Look at him. What the fuck? Hold on. Did he do the Avatar arrows? <laughs> Get the fuck out. <laughs> Did the ang- he Did shaved the ang- his hair and dyed it blue like the like Ang's arrow on his head. Oh my god, so, that's so cool. So, so, that's why he won, guys. Yeah. He was airbending. 
I, it just took me a minute to go. I, that seems like cheating. <laughs> I would think so. Is there is there a rule against that in the Olympics? Listen, not if you can tap into the elements, man. He fucking earned that monk shit. It's natural talent. <laughs> oh, man, that's so cool. All right, whenever you're ready for the spiel. <laughs> this week's episode is not filmed before a live studio audience, but it is fueled by feedback from listeners like you, and you can get in touch with us in a multitude of ways. We have an official Geekade Discord where there's an entire this week's episode channel dedicated to all things TV talk. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram through the official Geekade channels or the more specific Twepcast accounts. And of course, the four of us can be found in various ways. I'm available on Twitter at Geekade Chris, and you can read my work at StoneAgeGamer.com and in the pages of Nintendo Force Magazine. Karen, where can people find you? I am on various socials at STM Stitches on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Etsy, and TikTok. Angie, where can people find you? Go to my website. Go to www.angelafernot.com and you can go to my store link and look at the Etsy site where you're going to get Tales of Cape Fear or you can find all my social medias or you can look at my art. And Evan, where can people find you? Geekade underscore Evan. If you need to know more about the shows we discuss, you're so eloquent. If you need to know Simple, more about the, the shows point. we discuss tonight, or what we'll be watching in the future, have a look at our show notes. And if you have any other questions at all, we can always be reached at mail at geekade.com. Just include the words this week's episode in the subject line so we know who you're trying to reach. This show is available anywhere. Find podcasts are sold, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and more. And wherever you decide to listen, please like, comment, follow, subscribe, leave reviews, because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, as always, keep your eyes on geekade.com for more fresh original content catch it (laughs) (laughs) oh boy i don't know what we're catching over here at this point oh Uh, we're gonna catch our next episode of uh homework which is going to be who and what it's my turn right i think so i think i'm pretty sure it's my turn i've lost i've lost track but it's i think it's me then and didn't increase um, okay, I thought I was I, after Chris. I, I came across this show on a, like, just real falling down a rabbit hole kind of thing. It's called Ultra City Smiths. <sighs> We're going to watch season one, episode one, the pilot. I am oddly intrigued by it. We're going to check this out. So I have no idea. Never watched it, but I definitely am interested. So Ultra City Smiths, season one, episode one. Okay, then. Well... <laughs> I have no idea what that is, but I guess I'll I just, find out. I need you to know right now that from just from looking at the cover of it, Evan's going to get dick punched tonight. <laughs> so it looks to be... So do you remember... Um, uh, America, fuck yeah. yeah. Uh, no, you're going to... You what, got what is this, it, what is team. That, uh, 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 the South Park guys? Yes. yes. Not Aqua Team Hunger Force, because nope. that just got stuck team. in my head. Team. Team America World Police. There you team go. America World Police. So they did that with the marionettes? It looks similar to that, but these are dolls, like baby dolls. They look like the, you know, the, um, the Japanese ball, uh, ball jointed dolls. Karen, have you seen those? Uh, no. They would like, they, okay. So (laughs) never mind. God damn it. Okay. Anyone else who's like a super duper weird nerd who's seen this, um, it kind of reminds me me of that. Weird. (laughs) No. Well, you this aren't. all seems horrible. Well, no, I was wondering, I was like, well, Karen's really smart and she knows a lot of things, so maybe she's heard about this, but the reason that I learned of them was because of crazy weird nerds. So that was my hope for, uh, you know, you're just smart, but now it's just because I know it from being weird. 
So they're baby dolls. Oh God, no! It's so much worse than I thought. <laughs> it's baby dolls. <laughs> oh no! With like, I think it's. I don't. It's so. Oh, weird. this is my nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> my size Barbie all over again. Close. Oh dear. <laughs> well, uh, until such nightmares come to fruition, I think we'll say good night for tonight. For all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Karen. I'm Angie, and Barbie is watching. I'm Evan. Catch it! (laughs) Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.